Welcome to Rotten Radio. Rotten Radio is a monthly podcast we bring you the first Wednesday of the month with the Rutten Brothers. Father Paul Rutten, pastor of St. Mary Church in Sioux Falls. Father John Rutten, pastor of St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg. And Joe Rutten, professor and director of the Benedictine Institute for Leadership, Ethics, and Social Justice at Mount Marty College. Let's join them now for a little faith, family, and plenty of fun. Good morning, Rockstars! You're listening to Real Presence Radio Live here with Rutten Radio, coming to you out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I'm your host, Joe Rutten, and I'm joined today, as always, with the Brothers Rutten, Father Paul and Father John. How are we doing this morning, brothers? Life is great. Is it great or grand? Uh it's well it's it's grand but with the inflection was what made it grand it's great that's outstanding yeah it's not great that's great which equals grand great so father john you're out in harrisburg and uh saint john paul ii uh uh parish and father paul you're uh, getting comfortable i I, want to talk i want to talk can i talk you can talk you can talk there's something that's happening in harrisburg that's been our Tagline: Something's happening in Harrisburg. Oh, yeah, yeah. What is something, something big is happening in Harrisburg? <laughs> we released our first parish directory. No way. Yep. You mean like it where you got the pictures awesome. and the names and you <laughs> yes. know who everybody is? And two years on the journey, and we're like, "Who's that person? Who's that person?" And everybody's like, "Father, who is that person?" And oh, I forgot this. And now we have the book to open up, and we can see their mugs. Well, did you and bring me mine? We can. Find their names. Do I? Do I and get a copy? Most of them I understand anyway. But in the end, <laughs> the bearage is growing so fast, and this timeline has happened in such a way that we basically need to do another one tomorrow. Right. right, right, right. <laughs> but and I'm sure it's it was awesome, an easy so. process. Few, only a few hiccups. Not, a, <laughs> yeah. not difficult at all. We discovered why companies are do we you hire a country to do this. But I think we found a great format. A lot of great people put the hard, hard work into making it happen. And eventually, I think we're in a system. Oh, you that did we're it internal. We did it hire. internal. Oh, Lord, and they're mercy. awesome. It's Christ so awesome. So I spent, Christ have mercy. I spent Lord seven <laughs> years at the cathedral. With two different pastors, and from the minute I got there to the minute I left, I asked for a new directory, and nobody got excited about it. So maybe it's because the previous pastors had experience yeah. at other churches doing directories, and they were like, you know what? It's a lot of work. Right? Yeah. yeah. But there is a value. People use them. And that's the thing I noticed is you used it. I used it. And so I thought, well, we got to do this again. Right. We, we actually use this. So, yeah. Anyway, that, well, I just Father couldn't John, hold it in that's anymore. that's exciting. So, you got yeah. Paris Directory. Father that's, Paul from uh, uh, St. Mary. Well, Father Paul, is it called? What, what is the name of your parish in Sioux Falls? <laughs> Immaculate Heart of Mary. Immaculate Heart of Mary. Now, is this like a secret that nobody knows? Is this something you just discovered in the archives? Like, you, this isn't this isn't your first rodeo. You went up to a, 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 a Newman Center that maybe was called the Catholic Community or something like that, and then you're like, wait a minute, here, there's actually a name to this mm-hmm. community, and it's uh, Pius the Twelfth, I think. Yep, Pius the Twelfth. Um, so you helped rebrand a little bit, but mm-hmm. probably no rebranding over at St. Mary. I'm pretty sure they. Yeah, it probably will be. St. Mary, but it is the Immaculate Heart of Mary of right. Minnehaha County is their official title. Yeah, so if but we wanted really? to rebranding, we can oh, add Minnehaha. Well, County. I mean, it's official like when the corporate 
paperwork. Right, right. But, um, but the cornerstone does say, Immaculate Heart of Mary, oh, St. Mary, or St. Mary, Immaculate Heart of Mary. It's right. both in there. So, Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, you're settled, getting settled in. Working on it. Bought some furniture. What's new? What's exciting? <laughs> what do you love? Oh, that's that's a lot of questions. We What's pr- making you get hey, holy? Hey, hey ask them now, and then you'll get the answers <laughs> next month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we forgot. For everybody who is listening and uh, is just joining us, Father Paul needs the questions and then answers next month. <laughs> because right. he's more... Uh, he's a processor. Is it? Is it, is it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, this is awesome. what's changing? What do you love? <laughs> what's making you get holy? These questions. <laughs> I love them and they're helping me get holy. Ah, great. So. No, it's good. I'm, you know, I, what's helpful is I'm starting to recognize people, faces, learning some names. Um, it is nice. I did get a new bed the other day. So that's always helpful when you get a new bed. Oh, yeah. Um, and I ordered some new furniture. So we're getting there slowly. Right. Well, it's uh, it's been fun having you in town. I know that. Um, Although people still forget. So after that big storm we had, you know, the other week, uh, I get a call two days later and Laura's like, oh, I forgot to call you and see if you were okay. I called everyone else and asked <laughs> if they were all okay. Uh, I, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, we're fine. <laughs> right. And so, you guys, uh, so people forget sometimes that I'm here and I forget too that I'm here. You have some of the big old growth trees too that it fell down. Probably. We had a big tree fall down. Took some took some things out. Well, good. Well, welcome, brothers. Uh, if you're out there listening to us for the first time, this kind of works over the course of the hour. We walk through kind of uh, a movie of the month and then have a conversation in the second half hour about uh, kind of themes and things that come out of that uh, that we call Catholic culture. And so we're excited to, to have you listening. You can follow us on Facebook if you want to jump on there under the Rutten Radio Facebook site. If you want to comment, ask questions, boy, we love the interaction. So we really encourage that. If you have questions, or insights to offer, feel free to reach out to us. We always enjoy that and enjoy interacting with you. Movie of the month, you know, if you got suggestions, that's a great place for you to throw out a great movie that you, you've thought of or experienced that you want to uh, kind of promote. So with that, brothers, uh, let's jump on in here to our movie of the month. Inside Out. Yep. Now... I'm going to be the one to talk about Inside Out. Oh, <laughs> yes. Because I'm lost. Like, it's a cartoon, number one, right? Yep. Uh, got, got a handful of years ago. It came out, and it is, uh, I didn't know what to make of it. I thought, what is this thing? Like, really? Yeah, because yeah, then it like, was like cartoon. And I'm like, should I be watching this with my kids? Yeah, and, I almost yeah, maybe said I Leo should, should watch, watch it with Yeah, you. I should have. But it reminded me of a movie that we used to show to our children when they were young and we were trying to get them to go to sleep called La Luna. And La Luna is a, there's no actual language to it. It's just a video that is interactive about the moon. Okay. And long story short, but it really engages the imagination. Hmm. And so in this movie, I felt, wow, this is a, this is a movie inside out. This cartoon is about the imagination. It's about memory. It's about how memory affects us, how memory uh, leads us, how memory forms us. And so in this, we have this character, Riley, Mm -hmm. and Riley is a young girl who um, is from Minnesota, but for 
uh, family reasons. I believe the father takes a new job. They pick up and they move to San Francisco. And so it's her story, but it's done through emotions that she's experiencing in this move, this transition, this going to a new school. And each of the emotions are a cartoon character in her head. Right. And then all of a sudden, wait a minute, the mom has cartoon characters in her head that are the expression of her emotions and the dad and the other people. And and so it was this interesting journey that I thought, wow, I wonder if the brothers are going to like this. Is this going to be something they find fascinating and familiar? And what is going on in this thing? And I found it difficult to follow, but I found lots of insights. And so inside out, it turned me inside out. <laughs> Tell me, who came up with the movie? Where was it recommended? Who came? Where did it come from? And then your initial thoughts when you first watched it. I came up with the movie. Yeah. It was my idea. Well, because so I recommended. I'm Father John, by the way. Yeah. So we, I realized we didn't have a movie, and John's like, anybody? I have any ideas? So I actually went on Amazon, and I'm like, Amazon free movies that came out recently that would be good. So I came up with one, but I wasn't sure about it. And I'm like, eh. so I recommended it. And then John's like, oh, inside out. And then it was, it was spoken in that way in which I know that that's what we're going to do. So John. Yeah. The first time I watched this movie, I'm a huge fan of Thomistic psychology, human psychology of the human person, mm-hmm. how a person grows, how a person comes to knowledge, how a person grows and how a person matures and what things cause a person to disintegrate and what things cause a person to flourish. I think everybody's sort of interested in those things. I'm fascinated by St. Thomas Aquinas's uh, psychology, you might call it, in how he says these things happen. So this is an ongoing work of mine that I've studied both the Summa Theologica, I've studied some other psychological works, I've studied some Jesuit spiritualities. And when I watched this movie, I thought, Whoever created this movie either knows a heck of a lot about Thomistic psychology or the spiritual life or the human person, or they pay so close attention to what is happening in themselves and in others that they've just come to the same truth. Because Thomas isn't expounding on something you have to memorize. Thomas is explaining the things that are true about Mm -hmm. the human person. And so what I loved about it was it was um, uh, an attractive way of helping people grow an awareness of things that if I taught them in a class and seminar, everybody'd fall asleep. Um, and yet they're watching this movie and they're like discovering the same thing. So as they engage the movie, it corresponds to what's true, which helps them flourish. Right. And so many movies today actually correspond to untruths. And so people sort of disintegrate from them. So I was just amazed. I was jumping out of my seat. I was like, whoever made this movie is amazing and needs to make more. Right. I think that that was, uh, it was clearly evident that um, the person was very reflective that created this, that they were a person inside their own self, that they must be aware of or, or sensitive to others, I should say, you know, in, but that inside, I finally feel, oh, inside out, like that's right, that uh, that we do need to go inside ourselves um, in order to kind of get a better understanding of who we are. Um, Father Paul, you're 
initial insights or thoughts? Yeah, so I remember I saw the preview for it and the preview for it is the scene at the kitchen table with the mom and the dad and the daughter. Uh, and, and it's this, what's going on in a, in a mother's mind and what's going on in a father's mind. And like, it's was so like real. Hmm. I thought this movie has got to be worth watching. Like, you know, Def Con 5, put the foot, you know, like the, like the dad is thinking he's so proud and the mom's over there like, oh. Right. Uh, so, uh, yeah. And again, that idea, and I didn't realize, you know, exactly what the whole movie would be about, but I just felt like it was going to be worthwhile mm. uh, from that little clip uh, in the midst of it all. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it is a, a fascinating movie in the sense that there's no real sense of spirituality anywhere in it. You know, it's really mm-hmm. very secular in that that realm as well. Um, and yet there are things there in there in the midst of it um, that you can draw out of it. You know, right. It well. still corresponds to a truth of our humanity. You know, it's not, I always feel like. Sure. But I guess I was, I'm thinking like, you know, in a lot of movies you could say, well, this, this is the Christ figure. Or this I is, gotcha. You know, or it's very evident that these people have faith or whatever, you know, but it. Yeah, really. Right, right, it right. It really was just, which was fine. Yeah. There's no archetype of Christian, of Christian the, theology. The closest in the, one. Uh, would be uh, when they're trying to get out of the the death emotions the or long term memory or wherever, right. uh, and the imagination sacrifices himself. Right, imagination sacrifices himself. Right, for her to get back to the present to reality. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I felt like it was appropriate in the sense that I thought Fulton Sheen would have watched it and loved it. Um, you know, I really love Archbishop Fulton Sheen. You know, I think he's being canonized soon. They're right? working on it. Working on it. But, you know, his his adventures in, in Benedict Grishel's, their adventures into modern psychology, it hasn't always been uh, easy for the church to integrate the, the development of modern psychology in a compatible way with philosophy and theology, orthodox philosophy and theology. But people like Benedict Grishel and like Archbishop Fulton Sheen and probably the same things you're talking about, John, right? The work of Aquinas that that you speak of and these other, other masters, that there is something that can be gained from the natural sciences and from a study of just the objective nature of the human person and I just felt like it. It appropriate when I watched it. I thought, yes, that's me. I have that emotion. I react exteriorly that way, and it's because of an interior movement that I'm oftentimes not attentive to. And the movie caused me to stop and say, "I'm the dad." Oh, sure. Right. I'm busy in my work. I'm running off to do whatever. I'm on the phone <coughs> working business deals or dealing with the, the you know. Can you think, give like an example in the movie that it's Oh, yeah, yeah, the father is on the phone. So at one point in the movie, the daughter has gone to school and she really has struggled at school. She comes home, I believe, and the mom, they're at, they're, they're around, they're not really getting ready for dinner yet, but the mom's kind of attentive to the daughter, but the dad is off in another room and they show him on the phone and she overhears him that work isn't going good. Right. can't. I think they can't get investors. He's trying to get investors. Nope. And the daughter overhears this and the daughter's reaction to that is, I need to 
make sure I need to be happy and not be a burden to my family, particularly to my father, because he's got difficult stuff that right. he's struggling with right now. And and so it causes her to enter into a false a false reality for her to not be healthy herself and be attentive to her experiences because she witnesses her dad. And I just thought, you know what? That can be me. Just yesterday, I came home from work and at five to five, as we pulled into the driveway, I took a phone call and I stood outside in my driveway and in my garage for 15 minutes on a phone call with work while my children walked in the house to go be present to the house, right? Now, is this the end of the world? No, but you'd better darn well believe it that when I watched that movie, I thought, uh-oh, yeah, that's me, <laughs> right? Um, and so what I think it does is it is it allows a lot of different people from all different kinds of experiences of life, if they would choose, to enter into this movie and examine themselves in it through a whole different number of characters and emotions, Right. And then the father's at the dinner table and the mother, the daughter's struggling and the mother kind of kind of uh, tries to get the father's attention. Hey, your mm -hmm. daughter's over here struggling. And he comes back completely disattached from the conversation at the table. And says, oh, hey, uh, how, how was your day to the daughter? Well, the mother just asked the question right. because what was he watching? Sports, sports. In his mind. And nobody, <laughs> yeah, in his and mind. Like, nobody was paying attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and you're like, how much of this life do we live in our head and intellectually in our head and our imagination and our emotions? I'm fascinated by by the imaginative capacity of the human person. And I think this movie does a great job of explaining that and the emotive side of the person. Yeah, <sighs> yeah I think the part where he's in the the phone call comes from work and the family, they've just moved, right? A very, very serious situation, you know, a lot of complexities and obviously for work. So you would have work in your mind and stuff and they get there and they're unloading and then the phone call comes for work and he says he's got to go. And in that moment, I realized that life Really, I really possess my life, but this is the work of the human person is to learn to, instead of responding, the natural disposition before the human person is these things happen and we just react mm -hmm. and the emotions sort of guide everything. But what we need to grow in is our ability to experience things and then ask ourselves, okay, what's the truth here? Right. And when I do that, then I can set my will. I can choose to do things based on what I know is true. And then my emotions will follow. Mm -hmm. And I realize that it's kind of like um, the work is always going to demand things. It's, it's like, uh, it's like sports too. sports coaches will always demand things, right? There's and and uh, organizations will demand things, but your freedom, you to be free and choose is never going to be demanded. And so it's not that those other things are wrong, but he's in front of his free need to choose. Mm -hmm. I'm going to choose this thing that I should love more, that I actually do love more. And it's like people come into your door to ask for money, right? But you don't invest and give your money where you actually want it to go. Right. So it gets easy to just, oh yeah, the kids are at the door, give your money out there, and then all your money's gone when you really want to give to something else. This is the dynamic I really found interesting is, can we grow as uh, in the church? For me as a pastor, can I do the thing I love? 
can I spend time in the place in which I feel I'm called or do I always sit mm-hmm. in an office and sort of just react to whatever comes to me, whatever's demanded of me, whatever phone call comes, whatever email comes. And meanwhile, Christ is in the hospital asking me where I am and I haven't gone there or there's somebody downtown that you sort of meet and run into and you want to share some time with and give your time to, but you like haven't grown in your ability to do that. So I just really saw in that, that um, the human person needs to grow in its ability to invest and choose where it really wants to go. And that that's not always the natural inclination. The natural inclination is usually to react to whatever demands of me. The, the, do you think that there is some value in the movie um, for listeners out there to watch this with their adolescents or their children? Oh, yeah. I mean, I really did think, I, I really almost did text you and say, you know, make sure Leo watches this with hmm. you. Just because it is the process, you know, uh, you know, again, of this reality that life begins in a way in which everything is good, everything is happy, everything's filled with joy, and then something happens, and it doesn't go my way, and it doesn't go well, and and this is this real process of how do I get through that uh, that idea. I sometimes think that if you wait till they're teenagers, it's too late. Right. You know, because how does the movie end? She's twelve. <laughs> it can't get any worse, right? It can't get any worse. She's twelve. Ah, uh, yep. It can get worse. Um, so I do think, you know, maybe Leo's still a little too young to understand it fully, but, (laughs) but I think for you to understand that Leo has to work through these things as a kid, like Mm. kids have to work through these. And that really came through in my mind that they didn't let her go through her thoughts and feelings. She felt like she just had to be happy. Like it was her job to stay happy. And so then it isn't until the end when she can just be sad and be okay with that, that like she has this freedom, like I'm sad. Okay. You you can be sad. Like sadness is part of this. Right. Uh, so I, yeah, I think you could, and it's a kid's movie. I mean, it's right. funny. It's mm-hmm. got characters, you know, all of those things uh, in the midst of it all as well. You know, that's an interesting thought. When you're watching this, my guess would be most people naturally will not like the sadness character. Right. And and, and even in the movie, they they keep trying to get sadness to stay out of the way. Right. Of, put, you know, the little circle, stay in the corner. Uh, this real, <laughs> like this real need, like sadness can't be a part of this. Like somehow sadness is bad, mm. you know? And so even sadness thinks sadness is bad. I keep ruining everything. I can't do anything right. I just always make all these happy memories because she touches memories and they become sad memories. Like, so then they think about the days gone by and instead of being happy about it, you start crying and it's like, stop touching everything. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Sadness cannot be a part of it. Like, so what, do, what is the change you've taken away with sadness? Well, I think in that reality that sadness is part of it. Like, like it, it you can't, love something uh, and really understand love without also understanding a loss and a sadness that comes with that. And that in that it comes to this ability to be able to appreciate things in a new way uh, and to be able to see things in, in a different light as well. Um, but that, 
Because in the end, you notice like, then all of these memories are no longer solid one thing. You know, at the end yeah, of the I didn't get that. So instead of my memories are either all happy, all sad, all frustrated, like that, the, that I have moments where there's a happiness and a sadness or, or I'm angry and, and I'm happy and like everything begins to be colored. Father John just had a emoji mind blown. That's what I saw. I mean, that's how I saw it was things began to be not one dimensional. And, and, and okay every with. ball becomes the whole Right, so memory. then everything can be, you can have a little bit of everything in one, and it's okay now. Right. And then notice every, all the things get rebuilt in a new way, and even better. I did, yeah, you know, I did. But, uh, so that's how I took the, the multiple, like, colored balls, memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I took away, I thought sadness was the most prevalent of the emotions throughout the entire film, that they start with it and they really end with the transformation is sure. a transformation around sadness. But the core personality is happiness. Right. The core personality in all of the people was happiness. So that really is, like, we're made to be happy. Like, like, that is, everyone is made, you know, for a sense to be sense mm-hmm. of fulfillment or right, happiness. Right. Cause isn't um, it joy? That's the one out joy. there. Yeah. Joy. joy. I think this yeah. joy, right? Yeah. For every one of them, that's the center yes. person. Yes. For emotion. all the characters. So just to describe this, every person in the movie has five characters sure. inside their head. So, so now the there, center there is one thing in there. I remember reading it and I guess I didn't read into it as much that they were really, they, they had this idea of like our modern culture ruining things. And she's the only one that has emotions of both sexes. So the mom's characters are all female and the dads are all male. Hmm. But in her head, some of them are females and some of them are males. And so... Some would say they were trying to say that it doesn't, you know, you can be anything you want, the whole kind of issues that we're facing today. And I don't know that it's necessarily that, but I do think that they develop sometimes in in the same way at the beginning, and they begin to take on more of a masculine or feminine trait. But she's the only one. Riley is the only person that has characters that aren't all the same sex. Ah. And I don't know, I never looked into it, if it really was... An issue, an agenda, an agenda, or if it was just simply again a development. Like anger is always going to be sort of this masculine, Mm -hmm. raw beginning, Mm -hmm. Um, you know. uh, But yeah, it's like in the mom, anger was was female, mm. you know. So it was a female character, still shaped the same. I mean, they were all shaped the same, but but they were definitely men and women in the mom and dad, and in but. Anyways, that would be the one thing I think, if I remember right, right there were people. Who were well, well, wouldn't as, it be like, we, I remember, uh, yeah, wouldn't it, uh, yeah. Um, let's uh, okay. let's, we'll let's do this. We we'll back. pick it up when we come back. We're going to take a short break. This goes so quick when we talk about these fantastic movies. Inside Out, a cartoon that deals with the realities of emotions and imagination as we seek to live out uh, the lives that we have. So it's fascinating. Uh, we hope that you'll join us for the next half hour. Uh, take an opportunity to support our sponsors and take a listen. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rutten Radio on the RPR Network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more of the Rutten Brothers after these messages. My name is Carol Oren, and I'm from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. 
My daughter, Tara, is attending Montmartre College. The thing that I really love is that whether you're in sports or not, it's like a family. Everyone cares for every sport, for every athlete, for every student. They also do fun activities. The community as a whole in Yankton, as far as giving discounts to the students, really making them feel welcome and makes them feel a part of their community. Lead. Serve. Impact at Mount Marty College. Hello, I'm Linda Baldwin with the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. We are now open, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on Saturdays. We're located at 3709 South Grange, just west of Costco. We stock Catholic books, artwork, saint medals, rosaries, Bibles, parish supplies, plus Mystic Monk coffee and gifts for those special occasions like baptisms, First Communion, and Confirmation. I look forward to your visit to the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. My name is Brad List. I'm the father of Nathan List. He started at Mount Marty in 2016. This is a gem underneath their nose that most kids in Yankton don't even realize is there. They don't understand what Mount Marty offers as a school. They offer as helping plan for your future. Example, they're helping Nathan with internships. They're you know looking at what kind of jobs can you get. It's good to be close to home. You don't have to come home, but you know it's always there. Lead. Serve. Impact at Mount Marty College. Hartford Humboldt Right to Life will be hosting a fundraiser on Monday, October 7th at Pizza Ranch in Hartford from 5 to 8 p.m. A portion of proceeds and all tips will help Hartford Humboldt Right to Life in their efforts to educate and advocate for the unborn and the sanctity of all human life. Don't miss it. It's the Hartford Humboldt Right to Life fundraiser on Monday, October 7th from 5 to 8 p.m. at Pizza Ranch in Hartford, 120 West South Dakota 38, Hartford, South Dakota. This is Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Now, back to more faith, family, and fun with the Rutten Brothers. And welcome back here to Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. You're listening to uh, the Brothers Rutten, Father John and Father Paul and myself, Joe Rutten, as we uh, talk this month about uh, our movie of the month, Inside Out, a fantastic cartoon that deals with basic just life, living, emotions, uh, how we deal with things. And uh, as we take a look at that, we kind of transition over in the second half hour in Catholic culture. Um, Father John, how is it, do you think, when I watched the movie, I thought, well, how can this movie kind of change how people might see or think about their own experience in reality? The clearest thing for me is we don't need to be afraid of life, of reality, of our experience. Everything, I could see in it the words, everything is redeemed. Okay. I don't need yep. to fight sadness. I don't need to, you know, I fell into the pit. I'm all the way down in deep memories. Like, uh, I think I don't need to kick the horse when I'm down. Mm-hmm. Um, which is usually everything our, us, gets our used. Everything there's a way forward with everything, and it's not just because the movie has that portrayed. But I see that in my own life as I'm watching, and I'm like, oh yeah, all those terrible things actually became good for me. Or why did I go to business school before seminary? You know, just this morning I was talking with somebody in the office, and we were saying, you know, well, how much of what you do today is um, because of what you learned in school? And she said, oh, about fifty percent. You know, and then they said later on, they said to me, well, how about you? And I was actually able to say quite a bit, like as we're doing budgeting and all these things, like business school was not a waste 
of my time or money. God uses everything. Um, and then what I realized, so I don't have to be afraid of anything. It's all for God's work. And secondly, though, what I need mostly are friends, like Paul was saying, that um, don't, that let me account for everything happening. I need friends that help me in a certain kind of way, not give me all the answers, but like, let me walk my journey and help me just keep looking. What else have you accounted for father? You know, what, what else have you not accounted for? What have you discovered? You know, kind of just people who open me up and, and life is, I can look at all of life with less fear Hmm. if I have other people with me. But when, when it's like everyone's trying to solve my problems <laughs> or everyone's trying to tell me how I should, it like, ah, you want to go away, go away. But I just need friends who journey with me and say, oh yeah, what do you got going on? Oh yeah, your head's kind of crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you were like that about six months ago. You got out of that too. So you think you'll get out of this? Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go have a drink. Okay. Yeah. 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 Ah, oh, that's, that's outstanding. And so the role of friendship, um, and that's really at the heart of this cartoon inside out really is that she doesn't seem to have a friend yet right she's by herself she's on her own island in her (laughs) own head right Right. and then what happens in the transformation in the transformation she comes back and immediately it's represented by her ability to enter into friendships she's able to join the Mm. team she's able to be a part of the school she's able to um, and that value of friendship, you know, there's no islands in this thing. Uh, we can't do this by, uh, by ourselves. So father Paul, uh, what do you think? How might, uh, you know, when you think of this movie, how do you think it might help people, um, live their, their own experience? Um, I think again, this reality that the, the danger of, we just want people to be happy. Hmm. Like I just want people to be happy. And so the things that we do, to make ourselves happy, uh, and and we do it so often because we want to avoid happiness or sadness in the midst of it all, um, and, and at the same time to realize that uh, often happiness, sadness, you know, anger, all those things, they really are muddled together in a way that that that's just different. But all these choices that we make, you know, because even as they're moving, nothing is going right. Like nothing is going right. And so they keep trying to find something. I, they need something to make them happy. And every time they, you know, they go for pizza and they got broccoli <laughs> on the pizza. Broccoli on the pizza. And it's like, not even pizza can make me happy. You know, she calls her friend on, on, you know, whatever the, the social media and the friend talks about the new friend. So then she slams that. I, now I don't have friends. Like, like we're constantly looking for something and in this reality is sadness is the one that really needs to be acknowledged that that it has a place and a purpose uh you know uh and there's the scene when sadness helps imagination uh, and imagination you know cries candy uh uh and and it's, it can just be okay hmm. like imagination can be okay crying and doesn't feel shamed by it hmm. and then he says i feel better now Mm-hmm. Now I feel better because I was able to accept that I was sad. Imagination. Imagination. I I think in regard to that, just a little note, people, by the way, the last couple episodes have been like 
Kirby Puckett home run to win the World Series kind of stuff. Really? Oh, people are just amazed. And you know what they're amazed by? You too. <laughs> right? And this is and this is what I think it is is when they see in our show the fullness of who we are as opposed to just like a one-sided oh, right. this is how we're doing. And some of the last few shows have been like really raw. Like we're all there. And I think that comes through even though they can't see us just in the the what we're giving. So I think that's that's happening here uh in you. Right. And I think that's what I really took from the movie that I think is so valuable is this idea that says, you know what, how, how do I, um, categorize myself? How do I box myself? How do I limit myself? How do I do what this girl's doing in her immaturity? Right. But I'm a grown, well, semi-grown man. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm 40. Arguable. I don't know. How, uh, you know, I, I wish I would have grown a little taller, but, um, you know, like, all right, I, I respond emotionally a lot like that girl. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> I would be wise to just stop and say, all right, when am I sad? Where was I sad in the last week? Um, where was I fearful yep. in the last week? Where was I? I mean, just this morning, I'm sitting on the steps out front of the cathedral, and I just told the person I was talking to, I could probably cry right now. Huh. Now, was it appropriate? Did I need to? No, no. But that's the emotion. Right. Right. And then what do you say in the movie? Imagination cries and then feels better. Right. And we and we don't cry. Oh, you no keep way. Why would I? Well, I'm talking to Dr. Lorang. Why would I cry in front of Dr. Lorang? Like, no, I'm not going to cry. He's going to think you don't have it together. Well, exactly. And I've got a reputation to uphold and I'm supposed to be somebody and I'm in my head. I'm doing this thing and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. No. Um, how am I in touch with my feelings right now? I'm not an overly emotive person that thinks that the feelings ought to dictate how we live, but I definitely don't think we should be disconnected from them. Right. We need to be deeply in touch with them. They tell us something and they affect us. If I'm not attentive to my emotions, it really impacts how I carry forward in the reality of the rest of my day. And once I was able to express myself, it did what imagination did. It said, wow, I feel better. better Yeah. All right. And then I got a little wisdom and insight about how to Mm -hmm. proceed with the circumstance but I actually, what was most important was I addressed the emotional, the interior life of the emotional state that I was experiencing. And I thought, this is the movie. I need to go back to the movie and I need to, st- and I almost want to go to the movie and I want to pick out an emotion and I want to follow it and I want to track where do I experience that and how ought, how do I, re- how do I, not where, where do I experience it? How do I react to it? Am I aware of it? How do I react to it? And then how should I react to it. And so let's just take fear. I have a deep sense of fear of failure. Oh, sure. And it's like raw, man. I what happens if this stuff stinks? What happens if this doesn't work? What like and it just and it can be paralyzing, right? And then I, but I think at the heart of the thing, I fail to to live free. I don't, I, I get anxiety. I get sure. tight. I get all this stuff. I get in my head. I get, and it's like, well, I'm miserable. This, this can't be the way that I'm supposed to live. Like, and I think that's the lesson I took from the video. Wait, no, 
when you, when you, but what you don't do is run from that. Actually go to that fear, acknowledge that fear, talk and discuss about that fear with somebody, your parent, like in the movie, the girl does it with her parents, right? You, we love you. We care for you, you know, at the end. And she learns mm-hmm. to process and to communicate. And I think I need to be doing that on a regular basis. I need to communicate. So you're sitting in your car listening, right? Or you're, you're at home, uh, you know, what was the fears you had this morning? Is it the fears of your children not uh, uh, living up to what your expectations are for them? Is it the fact maybe that one of them was in band and you know what? They, they don't want to be in band anymore. Is it your job? Like you've got a, you know, you're really good at faking it and you think that you, you know, but I don't know. What are the, I just think there's a deep place to watch the movie, take one of the emotions, and then track it in your own life. Sure. So self-awareness was what I took from the movie. Does that sound like a certain kind of spirituality, Father Paul? <laughs> it sounds like a lot of things. No. Yeah. It's, I, I do think that we, we've got a lot of things to the movie that we don't we're not aware of. And now we're even worse because of our technology. So we completely detach Mm -hmm. and distract and, and aren't willing to be willing to, to look at things in a way and and to try to become aware of things, you know, I mean, so St. Ignatius would definitely be like, what's really going on. And this is always this Mm -hmm. challenge, I think, because it, we operate at two levels simultaneously. So there's the physical level and then the spiritual level. And so, He's got these things in quadrants and all kinds of stuff. But you really have to ask the question, well, if, am I doing this because of a physical need or am I doing this because of a spiritual need, but it's manifesting itself in, in a physical way? Um, and we're not aware of it. Mm-hmm. You know, We don't ask that question uh, in the midst of it all. This is why St. Ignatius proposes the examine. Right. right. That is an examine that you should do once a day. Mm-hmm. For five to 15 minutes at the same time, whatever time you do it, you should do it at the same time. And you do exactly what you just described. Right. And um, if I was disciplined, <laughs> uh, you, you get into the sure. thing, you stop, you say, I do remember St. Ignatius says that if you forget all things in don't your day, forget. Don't, don't forget, forget the, examination. the examination. <laughs> right. And, and it's like, I've, I've, I've held on to that for so long because you do realize that you're going to fail in your day. What you don't want to fail at is the examination of the day, of your activities, your behaviors, your emotions, your and and I think this movie is a tremendous way for us to do a little examination. And I think what if what if we trained our children by watching this movie to examine their emotions and to communicate their emotions? You know, I think Paul, I'm gonna go home and sit down with Leo and and watch it and and say, Leo, when have you been sad? What a great way. For me to dialogue with my seven-year-old about how, when he's sad, maybe he'll tell me about times when he's sad. Sure. Yesterday, he ran out of the house. He left the dinner table, ran out of the house, went over to the neighbor's house, went inside the neighbor's house to play with Bella, our neighbor, and never said a word to us. All we heard was the front door shut. This is the first time in his life he has ever left the house without permission. And he just left. And my wife is like, Where, where's Leo? 
I'm like, well, it, it was kind of chaos in the house. And so, you know, like, like I think I heard the door shut. Did he go out front? So I investigate. He's over, not even just at the neighbor's house. He's inside the neighbor's house. Like typically that's not how we operate. Right. Um, you could, when we called him, we let him, we said, found him. Okay. Come home when you're finished. He came home and then we sat him down and the sadness you could, it was palpable. His, his sadness, his disappointment, his, I mean, he had a lot of emotions going on, right? Well, yeah, he's a child. He's, but what if a movie like this helped him sort through his emotions? Sure. And, and it was a tool that helped him communicate to us. I don't know, parents out there listening, how is it that you have, have discovered or what tools do you use to help engage your children and help your children engage with you in communicating the interior life that we know they have going on? I'm telling you, I think this movie is going to be an arrow I put in my quiver. <laughs> I think that's what Paul said right in the beginning, and he said a couple of times throughout, right? Yeah. <laughs> I can't get over it. I think it's Paul. It's just so, so, so good. Yeah. Wind it up for us. Well, again, I, I think it's this reality that we're all going to come at it differently as well, and and we have to be okay with that. Like, But to be aware of the, the, the various ways in which people do come at things right. and can, can be in the same situation and see two totally different things. Again, <laughs> when they're having the issue at the table... Uh, with Riley uh, and he puts the foot down and he's like, the foot is down. And he, and then you hear him say, that could have been a disaster. And then in her mind, in the mom's mind, that was a disaster. <laughs> Again, like, like this just constant back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Um, what I think I, I realized in the movie and it came out towards the end is she stopped feeling. Hmm. Like she, they just shut down. Things just shut down. Things just shut down because they didn't know what else to do with them. And I think this real question again, what things have I shut down because I don't know what to do with them or I don't know how to deal with them or I've tried and it seems like I got a bad reaction. You know, I cried and they made fun of me or I was excited and, and they, they didn't get excited with me or, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, in the midst of it all. Um, and then the the line that I think Riley says at the end, towards the end, um, she says, you need me to be happy, but I want to go home. And that challenge, like, I have something and I think you need something. And will I sacrifice me? Because I think it'll save you, but it doesn't. And how many people see a need? I think parents do this with their children. Spouses do it with each other. Like, you need me, but I want. And this real challenge back and forth and back and forth of what does a person really need and what do I want and how do I live this way and at least express it. Like, Riley was able to say, you need, and then the parents like, no, we don't need you to be happy, Riley. We don't. And we didn't mean for you to think that, even though we said it. Whew, it's a good thing you're happy, Riley, because it would be really bad if you weren't happy. <laughs> you know, like, they, uh, good thing you're successful, Joe, because what would we do if you weren't successful? It's a good thing Joe's successful, because what would we do if you weren't, you know, like, I've got to be successful because everybody needs me to be successful. Well, what do I want? I just want to go home. Or, yeah, I want to be free. Yeah. 
whatever, you know? So I think that was the kind of at the end there, that line, that real thing for people to think right. about. What do I think people need me and what do I want? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I suppose if we practice an examination regularly, that we will become better about discerning, deliberating, and thinking about those two questions. Yeah. Because what does God need me to to be? (laughs) Like, what does he need to be fully alive? That's it. To be who we're supposed to be. But what do I want? Again, back and forth, back and forth. But what does God need me to be? And so if you're out there listening, this is a good place just to be for a minute, just to, you know, say whatever's going on in your life. Uh, You know, now's an opportunity just to stop and say, all right, Lord, what do you desire for us? What do you want us to be? Who do you want us to be? What's your will? What does it look like for you to be fully alive? What are you doing? What happens in your head? What circumstances are you in when you find yourself fully alive? Yeah. And when was the last time? You know, for people to really And yeah. And are you and are we willing to let go of all of the things that demand of us, expect of us to believe that this is actually the most important thing? Because it's God mm-hmm. at work in us. Where have you found yourself? fully alive this morning (laughs) and it's with the sadness right Mm. you know it's it was that the the moment was there it wasn't like it was everything was perfect was not when i was fully alive i was fully alive when i was present in front of somebody else who cared deeply about me was listening to me and i was able to express my joys my hopes my passions my sorrows my 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 sadnesses. And I walked away thinking, man, am I not blessed person? (laughs) Holy smokes. This thing's great. (laughs) I like doing Frank the tanks, you know, (laughs) like this thing's awesome, man. I wish everybody got to live this great. And they can, right? I don't have kids, so I don't know Frank the tank, but that's okay. Frank the tank. And you're, you're, what do we got? You don't need, (laughs) what's what's Uh, your fully alive? Do you have one? Yeah, we got we got some time. Absolutely. It was probably last night, actually. Uh, last night, I got to have supper at the Noonans. No. Oh, no way. Yep. Billy Early and Ryan Noonan. Yep. Uh, yep. So walked and I walked, which was exciting as well. You know. Oh, uh, yeah. Like living in the North End Because I ran into people. Like I actually texted him. I'm like, I'm going to be late. I made the mistake of walking oh. and I see all these people. Cause you're the pastor of St. Mary. The, <laughs> along the way. Uh, and so we got to hang out. We got to talk. We got to look, we hear about saints. We got to just like, that is what I love about being a pastor hmm. is just being with people uh, in their homes, just as it's supposed to be, you know, the chaos that happens once in a while, kids excited to show you things. I got my first school photos. Oh, you did. So I put them on from my, from Rowan and Layla. Yeah, so they're on my fridge. I got the Pope magnet right there, holding them tight. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was like that's right. Hey, there. you should give Rowan Noonan a a, a assignment Ooh. to memorize all of the popes. Ooh, that would be a good one. All what two hundred and 
50, 66, 266. Yeah. Well, that's great. Uh, For me, the time I was most fully alive. Um, Recently. Yeah, recently. Uh, Yesterday. Hmm. I don't know. That's like. Re, I, okay, I can't point to a specific. Well, yesterday I went to the office and I worked in such a way. Uh, the phone was like, it was sitting next to me, but I just wasn't looking at it. And I did so much work, like emails and getting things going and doing this stuff. And in a way it was it was like office work, but I was so alive in front of it. I was like, I love doing this. I love doing this, you know? Um, and I could see the importance that I left my phone, that it was just sort of, and I was so full and I just like, you know, zipping things out. And then I said to Adrian before I'm leaving, you know, I'm away. And she's like, boy, you really got a lot of things done there. Uh, and I just went. And then, I got involved with electronics <laughs> and oh man, it was like Wi-Fi and all this. And I just like, bleh. but increasingly I found myself fully alive when um, I pay most attention to the thing that makes me excited. There's something we're doing at St. John Paul II Parish called the Canyon. And oh, literally yeah. every time I think about it, every time I do the work, every time I talk to somebody about it, I just feel like this is what God put me in the world for. Now, I know it's not in that fashion, but like right now, this is where he's making me alive. And Mm -hmm. yet I cannot spend the time on it because it's sort of an unknown, you know? So other things are coming, emails are coming, things. And, but I, I can see, no, I need to give time to this. I need to love this. I need to choose this right. because I'm fully alive and I can see how other people are alive because of how I'm looking at this. Uh, and, and, and I would say the office staff has really become friends to me in that way. They're helping me oh, sure. father stay with the thing that makes you alive, stay with the thing that makes you happy. Stay, you know, let us take care of this father. How about, you know, you do this. And so it's really been wow. a great blessing. That's uh, that's outstanding. Uh, as we kind of wrap up the show here this morning, I think we just touched on a broad range of topics as we talked about Inside Out as our movie of the month. And we got some great themes that I think really got deep uh, and was beneficial, hopefully, to you, our listeners. Uh, once again, interact with us on Facebook. Let us know your comments, your thoughts, your insights. What did you find valuable? Share with us what you found valuable because what happens is, is then other people read that too and they might kind of say, yeah, that was good. And then that helps us as we move forward. We don't do shout outs anymore, but I kind of feel like we need to bring back the shout outs. So maybe next month we'll come, I remember when we used come to have do some hours shout, shout outs. So much uh, button, they just couldn't take it anymore. I, I, I snuck mine into the Noonans. Gotcha. So, was, so I, I, I'm going to sneak one in. I'm going to sneak a shout out in. But uh, Troy Jones is just a wonderful man that gave a great uh, uh, talk the other week and so I just say, you know, he just, but he, what he reminded me was how important imagination is and how important, how, how down the road imagination matures and we, different things come out and we remember differently. And I thought, you know what, I need to really invest in the imagination of my past and how it affects my sure. present. And so maybe in the future, Troy, thanks for, for that uh, shout out. 
And uh, John, you got a shout out or Charles Tibbetts oh. Charles. doing great work out there, missionary uh, in, yeah. in the field Culture. and his uh, sister, Katie Tibbetts just became McCulley, uh, married Alex this last uh, weekend. Um, so grateful for all the Tibbetts, but to shout out to Charles who posted us on Facebook, got a hold of us. And lastly, our cousin, James Rutten. He's awesome. Amen. Uh, thanks for listening and all the Ruttons. Let us close for with uh, our family prayer together. Our, our Father, Father, we thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state and life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. We'll see you next time right here at Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. You've been listening to Rutten Radio on Real Presence Radio. To hear today's episode again, visit our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, and find it on the Sioux Falls podcast page. You can also find it on our app under podcasts and special events. And be sure to tune in for more Rutten Radio next month. Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Prayers of the Faithfully Departed is being brought to you by Paulson Monuments in Canton, South Dakota. We guarantee you will notice the difference. We would like to pray today for the repose of the souls of... Deacon John Cole, Florence Hall, and Roy Northrup. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May they rest in peace. Amen. May their souls and all the souls of the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen. Prayers of the Faithfully Departed has been brought to you by Paulson Monuments of Canton, South Dakota. Remember a loved one, honor a friendship, create a legacy. My name is Brad List. I'm the father of Nathan List. He started at Mount Marty in 2016. This is a gem underneath their nose that most kids in Yankton don't even realize is there. They don't understand what Mount Marty offers as a school. They offer as helping plan for your future. For example, they're helping Nathan with internships. They're you know looking at what kind of jobs can you get. It's good to be close to home. You don't have to come home, but you know it's always there. Lead. Serve. Impact at Mount Marty College. Hartford Humboldt Right to Life will be hosting a fundraiser on Monday, October 7th at Pizza Ranch in Hartford from 5 to 8 p.m. A portion of proceeds and all tips will help Hartford Humboldt Right to Life in their efforts to educate and advocate for the unborn and the sanctity of all human life. Don't miss it. It's the Hartford Humboldt Right to Life fundraiser on Monday, October 7th from 5 to 8 p.m. at Pizza Ranch in Hartford, 120 West South Dakota 38, Hartford, South Dakota. My name is Carol Oren. 
and I'm from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. My daughter, Tara, is attending Mount Marty College. The thing that I really love is that whether you're in sports or not, it's like a family. Everyone cares for every sport, for every athlete, for every student. They also do fun activities. The community as a whole in Yankton, as far as giving discounts to the students, really making them feel welcome and makes them feel a part of their community. Lead. Serve. Impact at Mount Marty College.